from coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Hannah Cunningham and I'll be your host for the next half hour of environmental news. I would like to begin this episode by acknowledging that Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, a campus and community recording studio located in Edmonton, Alberta. We are situated on Treaty 6, the historic and present territory of Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, Dene, and many other First Peoples that live and gather here. While you listen to this week's episode, consider your connection to this land, the connections of those that came before you, and the connections of those that will come after. The devastating bushfires in Australia have been front and centre in the news this month with a total area of around 8.4 million hectares burned as of the 6th of January. The images of smoke plumes visible from space and eerie orange skies reminded us here at Terra Informa of the wildfires in the Amazonian rainforest this past summer. So this week, we are revisiting an archive episode from August 2019, where we discussed the state of the Amazonian wildfires and interviewed interdisciplinary scholar Christiana Seixas, about her work on socio-ecological systems and protecting the environment in Brazil. So without further ado, enjoy this week's archive episode. Found mostly within the borders of Brazil, the Amazon rainforest contains over half the remaining tropical forests on the planet and is one of the world's most biodiverse regions. One in every 10 known species in the world lives in the Amazon rainforest, and numerous flora and fauna have yet to be identified. At the same time, thousands of species in the Amazon are in danger of extinction due to deforestation, illegal hunting, pollution, and climate change. The Amazon, sometimes referred to as the lungs of the world, plays a crucial role in capturing carbon dioxide. The rainforest contains 90 to 140 billion metric tons of carbon. Deforestation can release significant amounts of carbon, furthering the rate of climate change and challenging the value of climate action around the world. The Amazon has also supported human populations for over 30,000 years. For indigenous groups, the Amazon is more than a diverse ecosystem or source of livelihood. It's home. Many of these groups live in indigenous reserves, set aside to allow the tribes to practice a lifestyle that integrates traditional and modern elements. In the 1900s, major settlements of non-indigenous people were built in the Amazon, and to this day, more than 30 million people live in the forest and rely on it to provide food, shelter, and livelihoods. Since the 20th century, land use changes have drastically impacted the Amazon rainforest. Demand for lumber, grazing, and farmland has driven deforestation. Since 1970, the Amazon has shrunk by up to 81% of its original size. Despite efforts through the Brazilian government and international bodies to protect the rainforest, the Amazon continues to shrink. Human impacts on the Amazon have recently increased due to the election of Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro has been pro-business, opening indigenous lands to mining operations and encouraging conflict. In May and June of this year, satellite imagery revealed a dramatic rise in deforestation. This change in policy reflects the conflicts between conservation and economic benefit. It also draws into question issues of scale. 
The Amazon provides numerous local benefits, but is also a critical global asset for carbon sequestration. So who is responsible for its preservation? So far in 2019, the Amazon has experienced a record number of fires, with an 85% increase over the same period in 2018. Thousands of fires are currently raging across the forest. Smoke has darkened Brazil's skies, and the equivalent of 228 megatons of carbon dioxide have been released. While fires in the Amazon can be caused by natural events, activists claim Bolsonaro's policies are encouraging the current rise in fires, intentionally set for tree clearing by farmers and loggers. For more insight on the different ecosystems across Brazil and the way human beings play a role in shaping and protecting places like the Amazon rainforest, let's listen in to the interview between Elizabeth Dowdell and Christiana Seixas. Okay, thank you. My name is Cristiana Seixas, and I am an academic researcher uh, at the University of Campinas uh, in Brazil, and I am currently a visiting scholar at the University of Alberta until the end of this month in August uh, 2019. I am a biologist with a degree, a master's degree in ecology and a PhD degree in natural resource and environmental management from the University of Manitoba. And I've been working with the environment, well, <laughs> since I started my academic career. So I have worked uh, mainly with traditional peoples in Brazil and uh, what we call traditional peoples in Brazil are mixture of uh, indigenous people, uh, European descendants, and African-American uh, descendants. And I've worked uh, mainly in the coast of Brazil, in the south and southeast part of Brazil, although I had some experience working with a fisherman community in the Amazon uh, when I was starting my career. So you're passionate about the environment. If you can explain some of the uh, ecological importance of the um, places in Brazil and maybe the places you research. And um, the Amazon rainforest is big in headlines right now because it's uh, burning. So maybe just talk about ecology in Brazil sort of briefly and, and the, the special and important spaces and the spaces you research. Brazil is a very large country, as you know. And uh, as uh, in Canada, uh, in the Americas, Brazil and Canada are uh, the countries who has the largest resources, natural resources. And the diversity of uh, biomes and diversity of ecosystems is very, very large, range from the tropical forests, rainforests, tropical rainforests such as the Amazon, but we do have tropical rainforests in the Atlantic coast of Brazil as well. We do have savanna-like biome, which is called uh, Cerrado in Brazil, which is very fire-sensitive, uh, fire-prone, actually. And we have a dry, semi-arid 
uh, biome that's called Caatinga. We have the largest wetlands of the Americas, which is the Pantanal uh, biome. And we also have what we call the grasslands of the south of Brazil, uh, Pampa-like biome. So very diverse country with diverse culture as well. So in different parts of the country, we have a lot of indigenous people in Brazil, over 300 groups, and we have a lot of traditional peoples as well as, as I said, this mixture of uh, indigenous and non-indigenous people, which has been used the environment for uh, over 200 years uh, in some areas, 300 years in other areas, and who developed a very unique livelihoods and interactions with the environment uh, to the point of shaping in, uh, the, the landscapes they live in. So the diversity of biomes ecosystem is very well related to with the diversity of cultures in Brazil. So with a, a long history of people shaping environment and environment shaping people, can you maybe comment in your work about conservation and the role people play in it? Conservation is an, an word that is understood, understood very differently for different groups. And conservation of nature is something that's very important. And there's different different groups of society who values nature differently. Uh, and we have to take that into account for decision-making. And there are conservation through use, as I mentioned before, how indigenous people, traditional people, shape the landscape they live with. They, what we see today as the Amazon was not like some area that was totally intact for thousands of years. No, humans have been there for thousands of years and has been shaping where they plant the, the trees that are important for their livelihoods, uh, where they fish, the lakes, the streams. The, it has been shaped by human throughout these centuries and millennia. So we understand the Amazon not as an untouchable area, but a cultural mm -hmm. landscape, as we understand all the other biomes of Brazil as cultural landscapes as well. At least I understand uh, like that. Brazilian legislation, environmental legislation, has developed over uh, the last uh, three decades or so, mm -hmm. and we had very good legislation up to recently that supports conservation in different formats. For instance, we have our national systems of conservation units. And in this national system of conservation units, we have different categories of, con of protected areas. We have from, uh, from the totally strict protected area to sustainable use protected areas where there are people living inside and using resources in a sustainable manner. Okay, so totally protected would be 
No people. No people. There is the, like uh, totally protected. We have, for instance, the parks yeah. that are, and we, there's a relation with the IUCN classification. So uh, the parks where people can go and visit. There are, uh, for instance, the ecological stations where people cannot visit, but uh, you can have education, you can have research on it, okay. and you have the biological reserves that nobody can go inside. So there's all the different types of restrictions uh, to the sustainable use development reserves and the structure reserves where there are traditional people living inside those reserves to the environmental protected areas where are areas uh, where you have even cities and okay. uh, rural development uh, ongoing within those environmental protected areas, which is the most uh, transformed, sorry, most transformed okay. areas. So as I was saying that we do have, well, we used to have a very strong legislation mm -hmm. about environmental protection. We have a very strong, we used to have a very strong uh, forest code that requires in all properties, you have to have a percentage of the land that you have to have native visit vegetation. You have to have certain uh, meters from each stream or river that have to be conserved. Uh, you have, well, several in terms of fauna protection and several legislations that has been very strong. And unfortunately, over the last few months, Brazil has undergone to some political change and has been weakening those legislation, has weakening the protected area system, what uh, is locally known as uh, ICMBU is the institute she commands for uh, biodiversity conservation. And Chico's Mendes was activist in the 80s that uh, was killed, so it mm -hmm. was named after him, environmental activist. And it, it, we used to have a very good, as I said, legislation. We were not 100%, we did not 100% enforce all the legislation we had. We were very far from that. We lack capacity, we lack resources in a lot of instances especially human resources and financial resources to do enforcement in many areas like but we did have like a good system of protected areas we did have a lot of protected areas and indigenous lands in Brazil which is different from the protected areas in Brazil is a different recognitions uh, from the conservation units as an environmental researcher then as a biologist preparing and working on producing media that sort of counters what government misinformation. And in a country where environmental activists have been killed before, do you ever feel any vulnerability or tension in the sort of work that you do? We have several Brazils inside Brazil. Oh. And uh, depend where you are in Brazil, you feel more vulnerable than other places. So if I was working the Amazon, and if I was working there and supporting uh, the people, indigenous people, traditional people there, 
I would probably be uh, feel threatening or vulnerable, as uh, many of uh, colleagues of mine do. However, where I work currently, uh, in the south part of Brazil, I don't feel that. The, the vulnerability we have is the vulnerability any Brazilian living in uh, uh, working in those areas have, that uh, we are much more prone to have an assault, to um, get robbed or even killed by a uh, missing um, a bullet. Like how it's a... Um, Just a stray bullet. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, but not because of my work. Actually, where I am, the, like uh, I'm based at the university in Campinas, which is a city about the same size as Edmonton. I feel pretty safe uh, doing the work I do, talking with the students the way I do, or going to the field, coastal community where I work. So far, I have never experienced anything like that. That said, I have been away from Brazil since this new government took power. So uh, I don't know. I might uh, face some vulnerable moments as I go back. Although we're in the coast, there are disputes for uh, land and development and with the coastal communities we work with. And uh, people, there was people from the community we work with that was killed because of such dispute. But last month, there was traditional people who used to live in an area and they were ex exposed, uh, and they were uh, pushed away from that area for some decades because it was a, a restricted protected area. And some of the people who lived there, who were uh, descendants of the family living there, they built houses inside the protected area because they said, this is our land. And uh, I, as a researcher, uh, working with other researchers who does research in that area, we wrote a letter of support to these traditional people based on data that sustain their, their are descendants from the families who lived in this area and were uh, expropriate from the land when this protected area was created in the 1980s. So like that, those kind of things they do, like I write reports to the prosecutors, I, I support with data and with science, uh, we write uh, reports to the media, but all based on science, like we don't do activism. Although we do a lot of outreach work with this communities uh, we work with. Is there anything about the current situation and maybe resistance to it or movements that gives you any hope? I tend to be an optimist person because of my background and the... My training in resilience thinking, I see this crisis which we're facing, despite all uh, how devastated it has been and the consequences of it will we'll, uh, suffer from it uh, in decades to come. But uh, I see one positive aspect for sure that it is raising awareness of people. 
and of this new generation. It's people are mobilizing, people are going to the streets. There's a huge call and you're gonna see movements like in different cities of Brazil in these next coming three days, there will be a lot of people on the streets claiming for measures to stop what's going on in the Amazon, for instance. There are uh, a lot of people engaging in signing these petitions, uh, electronic petitions. So, for instance, in terms of CNPQ is what is the SHIRC or NSHIRC here in Canada, is the uh, government funding agency which has been totally cut all the funds and they have no funds anymore. All the ongoing projects or fellowships and everything, it's all cut off which there's like uh, in a week they were able to raise 1.7 million signatures to so you see people mobilizing Mm. Uh, they're aiming for the 3 million for this petition because it's it it is a very threatening uh, thing like and brazil uh science in brazil we were able in this last uh, three decades to really increase our scientific potential. We have been published in very good journals, respectable, there's very respectable scientists in ever different areas, and we, we have uh, good universities publishing very well, and we cannot sustain the system if we don't have the resources like even building capacity of new students, uh, the future generation. So I think that the crisis is necessary for reorganization of the system. And, uh, and that's very what's resilient very <laughs> resilient thinking. And, and I see the opportunities that might come after the turmoil. But this is not the first time we have had the military dictatorship in the 60s and 70s. And we were able to move out of that to a country where democracy was uh, improving and raising awareness and participation of people in uh, several instances, boards, committees, and from the municipal to the federal level, uh, increased a lot, uh, despite now again this government took all of that, like in a lot of instances, it's totally non-democratic the way they're saying they're uh, all participatory mechanisms that we built over the decades, uh, many of them uh, were totally changed uh, over this last few year, uh, few months. But I, I believe in the human being and our resilience capacity and the resilience capacity of the society as well. So I look forward for the years to come and we'll see a different country because we are, and I totally believe that, actually we have the potential to show the world how we can develop in a way that is sustainably because we do have the resources, we do have capacity in the country, we do have other ways of providing livelihoods or value livelihoods than 
the way it has been done in uh, many other countries. To develop, I, I mean about developing the country, and uh, it can be through its agriculture, it can be through mining including, it can be to industry development in a way that's more sustainable. I do think that we can uh, search for that in Brazil. Are there international efforts that, you know, like listeners can make to, uh, to help support the different types of conservation or environmental protection in Brazil? The way I understand is that uh, conservation needs to be done not just within protected areas, but actually where we can act more is outside the protected areas and is in the landscapes that are used to produce food, mm-hmm. to produce energy, to produce resources for humankind. So we have to push. Brazil is a country which the uh, its main economic uh, GDP comes largely from the agriculture uh, commodities products. And we have to push for sustainable agriculture in Brazil, for production of uh, beef or soy, or which are like the, the big products we, we export. Like as foreigners, what uh, people here in Canada or elsewhere in the world can do is really pressure through what they buy. Like don't buy products from Brazil that uh, are not certified uh, organic or fair trade or those kind of things. So I think that's how the international, one of the ways the international community can really uh, support because the the government in place now, it's it has no concern for climate change, has no concern for the importance of the Amazon for the entire earth, uh, in terms of the system, has no concern for science. It's a, it's a government who wants to catechize the indigenous people. It's just thinking about increasing profits of the people who support that government. Many of those are the mining industry, the agriculture industry, and so we have uh, to put pressure to not buy products from those industries. So unless they really uh, feel the damage this government is doing for the planet and not just for Brazil, for Brazil people, or, but the entire world, uh, we won't uh, be able to change uh, things there. The other way uh, people from abroad can help is supporting uh, local NGOs who works with both the environment and indigenous people, traditional people, and uh, support their work in, into education, into raising awareness, into protecting, helping the um, mobilization for uh, environmental concerns. That was Terra Informer Elizabeth Dowdell with interdisciplinary researcher Christiana Seixas talking about how people shape 
and can protect the environment in Brazil. That's all the time we have for this week. If you have questions or comments about the show or want to get in touch with us, send us an email to tara at cgsr.com. You can also tweet us at Terra Informa or check us out on Facebook. To catch up on the latest environmental news, visit our website, terrainforma.ca. Thank you to our volunteers this week, Hannah Cunningham, Sean Howe, and Sonic Patel for helping out with the episode. Terra Informa is entirely volunteer-run, and we survive because of generous donations to our host studio, CJSR 88.5 FM. Consider a donation to your local radio station to keep independent journalism on the air. I've been your host, Charlotte Thomason. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll catch us next week right here on Terra Informa.